I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is the Hip Hop Saved My Life podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Let's sit back because it's time for the podcast. Hello, welcome to Hip Hop Save My Life. I hope you're well. I'm very, very good. Uh, I went to the gym this morning because I was told by a doctor, you'll hear, well, I've talked about this loads on the podcast, I was told by a doctor I need to lose weight. So I started trying to lose weight. I went later than I normally do to the gym and I couldn't get out of the car park because you need a code and they've set this thing up where you have a code. It doesn't happen really early in the morning. Today I went in a bit later and uh, I got trapped. So I had to wait for someone else to put the code in and then just like speed behind them so anyway that is that is the most interesting thing that's happened to me today but it's not a great story but it's not bad to have a story for today what is it it's like fucking only 10 o'clock what stories you got anyway uh today's episode of hip-hop save my life is uh with doc brown who we've wanted uh since the very beginning of the podcast to come on uh a really good chat he talks about his career, talks about his new album. Well, a new album came out last year, but still relatively new. It's great. Anyway, today's podcast is uh, sponsored by, brought to you by the Black Panther movie. Holy shit, bruv. We've gone big time. Yeah, Black Panther. Uh, you all have heard about this movie, undoubtedly. Um, but basically, comes out 13th of February. Um, I went to watch it yesterday because we're being sponsored uh i got i went to watch it i got to watch the film yesterday and uh it's wicked the soundtrack for that film is 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 hip-hop hip-hop heavy uh it's got kendrick on there run the jewels all over the trailer um but it's pretty mad like a disney marvel kind of hip-hop soundtrack um so that's who's sponsoring the podcast today i'm going to talk to you a bit more about the film later on but for now please enjoy doc brown Welcome to Hip Hop Save My Life. Uh, we are at uh, Wolfgang Radio. Oh, God. Uh, I'm with Rumadge. Hey. How you doing, Rumadge? Good, yeah. Just saying how impressive the uh, setup is. It is a good Wolfgang setup, Radio. isn't it? I'm mm. sat in front of like a desk. Yeah. Like, not a desk, that like doesn't sound remarkable. Desk. Oh, it's like a mixing desk, so it looks like I'm fucking legit. You're Timberland. Um, somebody, how's life treating you? Good. How's I've, life's good for me, mate. Yeah. I've lost. Uh, oh, yeah, four, I was going to say. I've lost in on four the pounds. Way. Yeah. Four pounds since I spoke to you last week. Yes, is that that's good, isn't it? I don't know. I think I think you, I think you have to lose it at a certain level mm. because if you lose it too much, it's unsustainable apparently. Right. But um, you're have doing you that lost through. I, I haven't started officially yet. Right. But so what? Yeah. When are you going to start? I start for next week. Okay. Fine. Yeah. And what are you going to do? How are you going to change your life? I think I'll just go for diet rather than exercise. Okay. Is that what, you, what are you doing? Are you I'm doing both actually. What exercise? Because I find. Most exercise quite boring. So. Yeah, well, I've got I've got a guy I used to get to school with mm. Stephen Trussell. Big up yourself. Yeah, he is uh, giving me personal training sessions. Ah, yeah, that's good because you can chat to him. Yes, I always find I think I did personal training ages ago. Just find it it's like when you get your hair cut, somebody you don't know. So yeah, I find that 
The slight problem that I have with him is he always starts talking to me when I'm about to shit one of my own kidneys out. <laughs> so like it'll be like right in the middle of like a yeah. particularly difficult thing and he goes, did you watch the thing? It's fuck off, Steve. And you're trying to play it cool, look <laughs> yeah. like you're super fit. Yeah, so anyway, that's my progress. But okay, I'll keep cool. everyone updated. Yeah, I, sh- I will start doing this properly. Wicked. This is the bit where we introduce our guest. Uh, well, we are joined by Ben, aka Doc Brown. Uh, thank yes. you so much for coming on, mate. Appreciate it. Well, do you though? Because oh, I, right. what there I can't go. understand is how there could be a, a podcast called Hip Hop Changed My Life. Yeah. Run by a comedian. Yeah. How long has it been going? About 50 episodes. Yeah. 50 episodes over yeah. what? Two years? Something yeah, like something that. Like that. Yeah. But hold on, but there was. And a, hold on, hold on. Don't get like the guy. <laughs> When it comes well, to rap is, and comedy, this is an exclusive. you don't get the fucking guy <laughs> this is on the show until the final 50 podcast. episodes in. Yeah. Yeah. This is the final one. Yeah, so, so that was the plan. Yeah, this is one we're yeah. going out on. Right, yeah. right. So yeah. it's like the Sopranos. It was all planned out from the start. Also, how it was hold on, end. hold on. I want to try to get you to do the first one. I want to tell you, this is how we did try and get you to do the first one. <laughs> but this is uh, this is how big you are for us getting us on this podcast, right? So we have had like we've just started getting like people sponsoring the podcast. This podcast. This podcast that you're on mm. is being sponsored by Black Panther the movie. Right? Is it? I don't, oh, for real? I don't even know yeah. That. So, so get... we thought if we're doing a Black Panther sponsored, mm. we need to get this needs to be a fucking big gun. That's nice. why you got the call, mate. Oh, yeah, right. Right. Okay, okay, I'll take that. Yeah. Good, good digging. Let's move yeah, on. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, how's life treating you? <laughs> yeah, life's interesting, man. Like I just. Um, you know, I, start, I feel like I'm starting a new wave in my life. You know, just sort of um, taking a sort of sabbatical from from comedy. I'm working very hard on on my acting, and uh, you know, my personal life shift, shifted up a gear. You know, my, my daughter's at secondary school now, and I'm just onto another phase of life. I can feel it, you know, um, and uh, I'm starting to feel kind of fearless again. Like I go through huge phases of huge vulnerability and, and just thinking I just don't know if I can live my life my personal life and my professional life around the entertainment industry like it, it freaks me out sometimes you know like uh, start of November I got rid of all the social media and that and um, how come because you don't want to be too I just much find noise. it exhausting man yeah. never yeah. ends you know like no whatever 70,000 followers on, on Twitter small fry to someone like you I understand but still that's 70,000 people <laughs> who just want to know <laughs> some shit about me and, yeah, yeah. and the same on Instagram and I just thought I don't owe you shit yeah. I, I owe my wife some shit and my best friends and, and my kids and that's it so I take you in favour of this because I went to see Chris Rock last week oh yeah how was it the it was tour. Yeah, so yeah, exactly, basically, yeah. Oh, when they're and, locking everyone's phones yeah, away. Or whatever. So, yeah, so your phone goes in a pouch. Nice. And they security tag it. Mm. And so you can't access your phone. I if, like that. If you've got an emergency, mm. I don't know how you'd know you've got an emergency because your phone's off. But like, <laughs> you get, if they're definitely having it. a heart attack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris Rock gets if, like if a, some, interrupted. They've got like unlocking stations like that are away from where you watch the show. Yeah. Mm. And the argument, the official reason for it is that he thinks that you should be it's sort of what you're saying mm. his official argument is that he wants people to engage with the show yeah, sure. and Focus. not be reporting on it mm. but obviously the secondary and I don't know whether it's secondary or primary to him is that people aren't going to post stuff yeah. up but, but it, both are valid surely yes they are both valid they are both valid yeah I hated whenever I saw people recording my, my stand up because 
I'm always a work in progress. I'm I'm not like most stand-ups who are able to write a new hour every year. I was never able to do that. Yeah. You know? So my my comedy was always a work in progress. So I hated seeing people video because I thought this isn't perfect. Like I can make this 20 sick like in six months. Yeah. I'm gonna have it fucking nailed so yeah. that every moment is hilarious. But don't record it and share yeah. it now. You know, and what I just what what's the benefit for people? Well, I, I think, don't get it. I just want to show off what they're doing. Yeah. That's what it is. Isn't yeah, it? It is, but uh, I think when it gets sort of dangerous, is like for actually, you know, it's annoying to see your stuff go up when it's not ready. Yeah, but the other thing that that I think is also difficult is the fact that there are loads of times that I've done bits. And the first time I did them, they were offensive. Or like, you know, you know when you're sort of treading the line? Oh, good. Mm. And, and, and the first time you do it, you haven't finessed it. Of course. And you just say something that's fucking like really off key. Of course. And then in your head you go, okay, I've gone too far. And yeah, like yeah. next time I'll, I'll rein it in a Finesse bit. Finesse that. Yeah, exactly. Fine. But then if that goes up on YouTube. Well, then you, you know get I mean? like, like an absolute belt. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's no question. That's, a, that's, that's another issue. No question, you know. And, and sometimes it's not even like offensive. It's just the the harshness of the way you're saying something you ha- you just haven't given it the intelligence that the bit requires yes you know what i mean yeah 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 uh so yeah no i i, I totally get it i mean I, I i i had that as i mean the last gigs i did was opening for ricky you know traveling around with him and um it was just after the the manchester bombing yeah so I was just literally because if you're supporting someone like Ricky, you're gonna deal with a lot of in and out of people coming in. Do you know what I mean? So you can't really just launch into material. You have to sort of compare it for the first five yes. minutes of your set. So I was just talking about terrorism, just openly and just saying how much I hated these guys. You know, um, quite seriously. But then I just tried to lighten it up a bit, and I was just saying like, um, I, you know, I hate them, I resent them, but also like, you know, I hate them for obvious reasons. But I resent them also because like. From speaking from sort of a Af- black Afro Caribbean perspective, like they kind of took away our edge a little bit. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, we used to have something going. Yeah. And like, the, it Whereas was, for brown it people like me, like, it was like a fucking miracle, man. Yeah, like, yeah. Suddenly I'm dangerous. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and it was like, ooh, I don't think you could go there. But like, because of the way it was funny to me in the yeah. moment, and I thought, yeah, I, I'm going to make that into a bit. And that's what I did. And it became good. And, um, but yeah, if someone was filming me on that first night, it would have been like, right, like this guy's being really serious about terror and he's <laughs> yeah. just making light of it. So yeah, I, I totally hear you on that. What is your um, what is your relationship with comedy? Because obviously you're a successful comedian. Thank you. Um, I mean, the number of people that go on to me about that. Your T, the T clip mm. fucking went like mega viral, right? That's what... Yeah, I, I wish I had some understanding of YouTube right. at that time because... I, sh- I should have, what I should have done was filmed it within one of my own shows in a venue that I'd hired, Yeah, made a deal with the venue yeah. and then owned the clip and monetized it. You yeah, know? So you can a, see it on my page, yeah. but it's on Russell's show, mm, which yes. is the BBC and I, I don't own that shit. Yeah. So I don't make a penny off of, of, of my property and it's probably the thing I'm best known for alongside maybe like the Equality Street video, yeah. which is for fucking charity. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, <laughs> I think I, I don't re- I don't watch myself ever, but I think the T-Rap, uh, as far as I know, is, some, is around six million. Wow. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. I bring you to my house as a friend in my kitchen. Yeah. You offer to make the tea. Mm. Naturally, I say yes. You're my guest, so I take the offer gratefully. Then what I seen made my heart burst. You only gonna put the fucking milk in first. Well, the litmus test of that is when people I know 
that aren't into comedy talk about that you know like you yeah know, there you go yeah it's like it, it properly went massive and what and um the thing well, that's the other thing it's interesting talking about that having owning owning stuff mm. but like there are lots of youtube channels where they take live at the apollo sets for example mm-hmm. and put them up and they get rack up like hundreds of thousands millions of views and those people make money because How? because YouTube pay them for like you get paid for an aggregate of your views on your channel, right? So when you hit a certain number, mm. you get paid from YouTube. So so there is so some comedians like it because because they can't be asked to rip their thing off live at the Apollo and stick sure. it up on the thing. So it's good because more people watch your clip. But the fact of the matter is is that people are making money. Mm. Of something they haven't contributed to, they're making money off being able to rip the clip and put it up on. Big time. I, I, I think there's plenty of people that make making money off of, of shit that I created. But you know, at some stage in your life, creatively and as a, and as a human being, you've got to recognise that there's so many things that you cannot control, yeah. and that you're powerless over so many things. You know, so I just I just let it all go. I let it all go. Even when people go, hey, you should have this, or have you noticed this guy ripping this off you? I, I just, I'm not interested. Easier. I know what I did, and I'm, I'm, I'm at peace with it. But at the same time, it, it can't be denied that since I came on the scene, certain other things have happened. Do you know yes. what I'm saying? Big yeah. Shaq's a big deal now. Yeah, people yeah. just do nothing. Not saying these guys aren't talented and doing yeah. something totally different. But before me, what really was there in that? sort of rap comedy crossover kind of world yeah do you know what I'm saying so I, I, I recognise what I've done um, but at the same time I don't I don't linger over it and I don't um, like self aggrandize like I just keep trying to do what I enjoy doing and not go backwards do you know what I'm saying so we you and I we did um, Ian Stone's uh, football show on BT Sport and afterwards you said to me what are you up to now I think you were going to see Lauren Hill that night or something oh yeah yeah, yeah I remember that and, terrible um, show mate I've, I recently went to see her in America and it was fucking awful Ooh. but um, but, but I remember you said to me where are you off to now and I said, I'm going off to work some new material up at some mm. gig. And you looked at me like I just said, I'm going to shit in my own mouth. That sounds you... like me. That definitely sounds so, like me. It was like, so I mean, I think it's fair to say <laughs> you weren't that, the, the prospect of doing something like that, oh, did not, you did not find exciting or interesting, I, right? Listen. I got into stand-up, right? I was working at the BBC. Maybe I knew you then, Rupert. Mm. I'm not sure. But I knew a couple of people. And I was working really as a gagsmith, writing jokes for the BBC, for, mainly for Radio 4 radio shows. Um, and I did some work with Lenny Henry. And it was all by chance, by somebody I met that thought I'd be good at it. Before that, I was a youth worker. Yeah. And I, I rapped for fun that night, you know. Um and then the more shows I worked on the more producers were going I don't understand like if you're a performer at night time and you write jokes for us like data why don't you why don't you do stand up yeah so I literally never considered it in my life I got up on stage at 30 years old for the first time low down at the Albany um, on Great Portland Street central London and um, gave it a bash nothing happened because I didn't write any jokes I just stood there talking 
And uh, this producer from the Bee who came down with me was like, yeah, you know, if that was a talk, it would have been fascinating. Do you know what I mean? But you've got to write some jokes. Like, yeah. It was like, come back next month and try it again. So I did, and I wrote some jokes just about working with Lenny Henry and what, like, what it was like for a person like me to be working at Radio 4, because it was a private BBC crowd, basically, right? right? right, right. Um, and again, like I didn't really get any laughs. I ran out of stuff to do. But at the end, I thought, right, I need to get some laughs. So I just did an old trick from, from rap. You know, like everyone tell me, like... Uh, what your name is or where you're from or give me a word yeah. and I'll freestyle about it yeah. and I did that and people lost their fucking minds <laughs> yeah. whereas I was doing it just praying that there was no one from the actual world of hip hop in there because <laughs> that's like the hackiest thing <laughs> in the world no offence to Rob Broderick you yeah. know Banda Man I know they do the what's in your pocket thing but like in rap like what's in your pocket I remember seeing Juice doing that in 95 yeah. bro yeah, yeah. do you know what I'm saying like yeah. In, in the rap world that's kind of dead so like I was just like oh right so it's like the second coming of Jesus for these guys <laughs> boom and I, I got off stage and the two guys that uh, ran nights at that venue um, Leon and James they they came up to me and they was like it's that improv thing you did at the end like we do this late night thing called Spank you should cut, you bring the house down if you came and did it there we'll give you 50 quid and I was like yeah alright you know yeah. And um, that's how it started. And then this other dude came up to me and was like, hey, I don't know if you've got any representation. He gave me his card. I was like, right, this is a thing. Yeah, yeah. So I went home and just as I did 10 years before that, I thought, is there any battles in comedy? Because yeah. I thought that's the quickest way right. to get into it. And I needed the extra money. Um, and uh, I just Googled. And So You Think You're Funny was the first thing. And it was five grand the prize so I was like that's why I got into stand-up Are you right? serious? five grand and you know I needed that fucking money I had a baby you know um, my wife was carrying me at that time like uh, I was struggling with depression as well you know and anxiety um, and I just thought seven minutes I, I could be funny for seven minutes right and all these other guys just looked like no offence they just look like yeah, they're having be a little, fine if comedy didn't work out this is a bit of a and thing they were trying out yeah. no one I come up against is going to be ready for me right. like, I want that five grand <laughs> Yeah, like badly and uh, I didn't invite any of my friends I didn't tell any of my friends what I was doing All, the only person I saw was my wife so the only and gigs I, you've done before Say You Think You're Funny were those BBC gigs yeah this is fucking mad my first proper gig <laughs> yeah. was the first round of So You Think You're Funny which was in a pub called the Hobgoblin in Forest yes Hill. Yeah, and I got through that, and then I got through another one, and then. I and think what were you doing at those gigs? Were you doing that? Free I did seven minutes, and I did. I think I did the the improv idea thing, yeah. and I met John Petrie, mm. and he was really encouraging me to write funny raps, right? Which I was very standoffish about because yeah. I was very conscious of because that can be fun super. It, that can be super egg if you. If yeah, you I didn't want to make fun of rap. Yeah. And I really credit John Petrie and another BBC producer called Ben Walker with the sort of birth of Doc Brown as a comedian because they were like, look, if you feel eggy about it, just don't write it that way. Like, write it like a fucking rapper. Yeah. Be serious about it. Yeah. Be aggressive. So the first one I wrote, 
I think I actually wrote it for Radio 4 and it was a rap about equestrian dress on. Right. But done just so serious. Intense. Yes. And it made it hilarious, you know? Now we've all seen soccer and boxing compete for the number one sport, keeping kids off the street. But I got something new, something out of the blue that could make a champion out of you and your crew. Now I know you don't want a sport to make you look less hard. Hey, ain't nothing soft about equestrian dressage. Trust me, this is a challenge that I know you like. Just imagine you're jumping on a stolen motorbike and you're And John Peachy shot a video for it and that was really the birth of it. So I think I did that rap. Right. And then one other. And then I do like little gags about just being a Londoner and being yeah. mixed race in between. Um, and that was my seven. And it was the, uh, literally the only seven minutes I had. When you were when you were doing the raps, I, well, I mean, I know you were joke writing during the day mm. like, to, to pay the bills and stuff. But did you find the doing the rap bit easier than doing the in-between bits when you're doing the straight stand-up? At or the time, right? yeah. Right. Okay. And then, ironically, as I became a professional, I found the in-between bits much easier. Right. Because I, 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 I eventually, towards the last three years of doing stand-up, I dropped the music completely. It's yes. still rapping, but I dropped music because it was making my development too rigid. I guess that the other imp- the other thing it gives you is like, I think the problem, well, the, the thing that it liberates you from, not giving a shit, means that you're more willing to experiment, I guess. Because I sort of think Definitely. about when I was coming up and you sort of get so obsessed with smashing the gig that mm-hmm. actually that becomes a restrictive thing because you don't want to take risks you don't want to you don't want to try anything because you think oh fuck that might not work look at and the terminology I... look at the pressure the terminology itself puts on us yeah. killing and dying yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes us believe that it's life and death yeah 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 you know and then we've got these voices around us in our agents and our representatives who are making us feel like it's that mm. important yeah to the point where we're monosyllabic with our wives the point where we're not engaged with our children because we're writing this fucking bit for some dickheads in a gig in Leicester tonight who cares <laughs> do you know what I mean I would never say never but I will never get on stage and do stand up that I don't feel is saying anything or is relevant to me in the place where I'm at emotionally right. never and I just won't I just won't renege on that I just I, I won't compromise is that the reason that you went back into making music because obviously you've got before comedy, mm. you were a rapper. Were you on the cover of HHC? I've got this vision Probably of you on the cover stage. of HHC. But, um, so you, so is that why? Because you, you've got this album out that came out last year, Stemmer. Yeah. And um, what sort of? Uh, it's great, by the way. Thank you. It's really good. That's man. really kind. We we run run wild, wild free free, and we can't ever change. We can't be contained. Part of the saying is a chance to behave that we can't ever take. Asking in vain, spark to the brain, dart to the vein, go hard like we're hardly to blame. Partly insane, like a star who's dancing the rain, and we. And what made you do that? What, I mean, what's sort of the, the, um, the impetus behind that? Well, I've been out the game for 10 years at that point. Um, I kept my ear to the ground. I never stopped listening to rap, apart from maybe when my daughters were really, really small, because you get into that sort of Peppa Piggy, CBB's world where you... You just can't take in anything, no, no. you know, and you're not sleeping. That was the only period I didn't listen to rap. Um, so I, I, I've constantly clocked what's going on. And I just felt there was something missing from the game. I, I, 
not putting anyone down I'll, I, I'm totally happy to do that and I will do that as we start talking about rap I'm not scared of rappers but um, I just thought where's where's like where's the soul I don't mean soul music I, I mean like where's the vulnerability in rappers where's the fallibility where's where's the depth where's where's the food do you yeah. know what I'm saying like yeah, I, yeah. I, I, thought, I felt there was a bit too much fast food and I just felt that there was a little window of opportunity, a bit of time that I had, and a, and a, and a gap in the market. Um, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to approach this, I'm going to do it. I'm definitely going to do it, because first and foremost, I stopped thinking in comedic terms. So when, when I was really deep into the stand-up, I, whenever I thought creatively, I'd think in terms of jokes. So when you see things happen on the street, when things happen to you personally, I think in terms of comedy. And I hadn't been thinking like that. And I'd been having this feeling of like, I, I can only express this in a rhyme. Right. You know, there's nothing funny about it. Um, so I was having that as well. And I just put it all together and, and just thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to try and compete. I'm not going to try and make a radio friendly hit on there. I'm not going to pretend to be 10 years younger than I am. I'm not gonna fuck with with the grime guys and the, the underground rap guys and the pop stars. I'm just gonna do my thing and I'm gonna call some of my old friends and see who's up for it. And the response was amazing. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like I hollered that example and I say, hey, fuck, I know you don't rap anymore. Like for old times' sake, he was like, bro, I'm on it. He was in he Australia. He kills it on that track. He's like, well. he was in Australia. He's like, I'm on it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And like. It was just, it was a very emotional process and it ha the recording happened relatively quickly um, and it was just something I had to do on a 100% on, on, on a personal level. This is the bit where Romesh doesn't advert. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I don't know uh, where it's dropping in, but uh, so I don't know what you've heard and what you haven't heard, but trust me, the next bit is going to be sick. Um, I just wanted to take this opportunity to tell you that I watched a talk about the Black Panther film because I watched it yesterday because I got to watch it early because we've been sponsored by them and uh, it is wicked. I mean, obviously expect me to say that, but trust me, it's great. The cast is amazing. First of all, Chadwick Boseman as a Black Panther is great and it's his ascendancy and his struggle with being the Black Panther is, is nailed on. Um, Eric Killmonger, the villain, played by Michael B. Jordan. I think, I'm not exaggerating, I think this might be the best villain that they've ever had in a Marvel film. Forrest Whitaker's in it, Angela Bassett's in it, Martin Freeman's in it, Andy Serkis is in it, playing uh, Ulysses Claw again, Daniel Kaluuya's in it from Get Out. It's a great film. You've got to watch it, man. His armed guard does this, like, bald-headed warrior women are just sick, man. It's great. Forrest Whitaker. Oh, here's an interesting fact about Forrest Whitaker. Some people say I look like him. Is that true? Uh, tweet me in and let me know. Anyway, I've gone on too long about this. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. Bye. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Has it made you want to do more, hip-hop? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm going to start another... Well, I've already started another project, which is going to be a lot more left-field. It's, um, it's kind of... It's, it's almost entirely inspired by one song mm. from 1992 from the Judgment Day soundtrack. Which one? Uh, which is a song called Fallen by De La Soul. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, With Teenage, teenage fan, fan Club. Yeah. Hey, yo, kids! What's up? Remember when I used to be dope? Yeah. I own a pocket full of fame. But look what you're doing now. I know. Well, I know. I lost touch with reality. Now my personality is an unwanted commodity. Believe Can't it. believe I used to be Mr. Steve Austin on the mic. Six million ways I used to run it. I guess I just I always love. I never heard the rest of the album's absolute pants. I never heard a good <laughs> rock rap crossover Mate, or, so funny. Yeah. or Indian rap yeah. cross. Not the, Indian rap, but yeah, indie yeah. and rap yeah, yeah. crossover ever. <clears throat> right? And on the on my album, I I enlisted the help of. Andy Burrows for for a few bits and pieces who who's a drummer from Razorlight and also a writer of um, the song America and you know he's part of, affiliated with the editors We Are Scientists Smith and Burrows he wrote the music for the sequel to The Snowman he's he's a proper musician you know what I'm saying and and we just get on we're like brothers you know um, and we started writing together just to see what came up and we wrote one song called Light Your Way and it's it's one of the best things I think I've ever written um, and it's a perfect blend of indie and rap and um, we're just going to carry on going and see what mm. happens I would like to see you do some Indian rap as well though yeah just you know Indian I mean? rap that was a thing for a bit with Timberland <laughs> wasn't it everyone had their little <laughs> yeah. for a little while yeah. I also remember Tim Dog doing a track with Apache Indian I yes, remember that yes I remember back. that it's interesting because like, when I saw like that you were going back, coming back to hip hop and putting out a new mm. album it's like it's sort of was it because because like arguably not arguably I think the UK scene has exploded oh it's recent, incredible yeah in recent years so was that was that do you think that was was that that the UK scene exploded and you saw it explode in a way that you didn't like or like oh or? no no I mean when you listen to that album there's one song it's the very first song where I vaguely address the state of rap I was determined to make a rap album that wasn't about rap because that drives me up the wall. Rappers rapping about rapping and other <laughs> yeah. rappers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, dude, no one cares. <laughs> Nobody cares. So I just thought, let me leave it to... Because I've always loved that Jay-Z line and, and, and to all oh, you other cats taking shots at Jigger, you only get half a bar. Fuck yeah, niggas. I always <laughs> loved that line. So it's, that's how I feel about rap. I just thought, let me just say it real quick at the top and then I'm going to get into some actual topics. You know? yeah, yeah. So I think I said something along the lines of, uh, I, will, I will jack some pollock while you chat some bollocks. No one cares where you got your hat from. Stop it. And that was about it. Do you know what I mean? It's just, just like, it's not a fashion show. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking hip hop. You know, I think that's the thing that's forgotten a lot of the time. And also I, I was very self-aware during the making the album of how old I was. The other thing is, is a youth culture. So if there's a bunch of kids making what they see as hip hop or 
if it's grime or whatever they want to call it, to me it's all the fucking same thing. Yeah. Um, there's, I can't comment on that uh, in a critical way because it's not for me. It's right. literally not for me. Yeah. So do you know what I mean? If I say, if you say, what do I think about AJ Tracy? And I say, it's not for me. I don't mean I hate it. I mean, it's literally not for yeah. me. AJ yeah, Tracy yeah. is not making music for 40 something fucking dads of kids. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's making music for the uh, his peers. And, and rap has always done that. It's always been a youth culture. So you respect the kids. What I have no respect for is when it, the culture that I was born into is used and abused. I, 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 can't, I can't just stand idly by. I have, to, I have to put my five pence in, it, in that situation because hip hop's different to everything else. You know, it's, it's not like, it's not karaoke, do you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's people's lives. Like, I've always been a part of certain community initiatives from when I did it as a living, as a youth worker, to this day, because I can't claim all of my creativity as myself, as an artist. I owe a lot of it to street culture. I owe a lot of it to the streets, and I owe a lot of it to a culture that was there long before I was born. So I have to give a little credit to them in, in, in some shape or form. And to me, that's, that's hip-hop hip-hop is it's, it's, it's a culture it's a world no loads of people dip in and dip out and take what they want but I just I, I think you're in or you're out that's, that's the way I see it I think it's, it's something special so with that sort of in mind how do you feel about because like you're sort of you're making two points about the lineage of it mm. and sort of I guess like having respect for the culture mm -hmm. and then you've got this other side of it where people get pissed off because Little Yachty doesn't hasn't listened to Biggie or whatever. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. where do you stand on that kind? Yeah, of Yeah, I think that's absolutely fine. Little yeah. Yachty is is young. You know, I, I'm I'm not a fan of his work. Mm. That's purely a taste thing. You know, it's it's like when Common Sense says, if I don't if I don't like it, I don't like it. It don't mean that I'm hating. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's simple. I just don't like his music. I've no problem with what he's listened to and what he hasn't listened to, what he chooses to do. In fact, as much as I don't like his music, I think his album cover is one of the best album covers I've seen in a long time in, 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 in hip hop. Um, but uh, that's neither here or there. I, I, I would say like, you know, people need to get off this idea of this is pure rap and this isn't. Yeah. That's bullshit, you know? Like when I was a kid, people used to say the whole of West Coast rap wasn't yes. real rap because it yeah. wasn't from New York. How small minded does that seem now? <laughs> Like Outkast, one of my favourite groups ever, they were completely dismissed. Yeah, because well, the they South were southern. Was like, like, no, yeah. you've got to at least be. We accept the West Coast now. You've got to at least be from California or yeah. New York, okay? Yeah. Um, and it's just it's a nonsense. Rap can good good rap can come from anywhere. Um, if all the kids like I meet little kids now, little kids, eleven, twelve, the only rap they've ever heard is like Skepta. To them, like Wiley is crazy old school. Wiley's like Cool Herc. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and they haven't even listened to the American stuff. Yeah. Or the, the history. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The, uh, the important thing is that they're getting food for the soul. So it, it, it bugs me if all that someone's heard is kind of non nonsense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If all somebody's heard is, is mumble rap or if all somebody's heard is is you know an overly misogynistic singular viewpoint or something like that in their rap then I think it's a shame you yeah. know what I'm saying but you can't control people and you can't control what everybody else is going to intake me I think a lot of people 
would probably think, oh yeah, I bet he just listens to uh, Bahamadia on repeat and an old Common Sense record. No, I, I've always, from the start, I've listened to all types of rap, always. I've always been very eclectic and I've never chosen on the basis of my political beliefs or my views on sexism or anything. And I just fucking listen to what's dope, man. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? What are you, uh, what are you listening to? What, what are you into at the moment? Um, well, you know, I've always been eclectic in terms of my musical tastes. Um, so I've always listened to lots of different types of music, but mainly <laughs> it's always been indie and rap, right. and a bit of Indian rap. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, just just to keep it hip hop, I, um, I, I, you know, I'm I'm your generation, so I constantly flip between. I want to hear new stuff. I want to hear what's new, what's new. Chatting to my younger friends, what's out, what's out. And going, fuck all this new shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like today's just been an outcast day. I listened to, on my way here, I listened to one of my favourite albums of all time. In fact, it was one of the questions they asked me about this show before I came on. What's your favourite hip hop album? That's yeah. impossible. Yes. I reckon I can narrow it down to four or five okay. because I have very rigid rules about that. Okay, Very go on. rigid. Go on, talk us through it. And uh, I was listening to one of them on the way here. Which is, um, which is Outkast's first album. Um, and the rules are very, very simple. Can you listen to it all the way through without skipping? Yeah. Over a period of years. I don't know what the period is, but if there's seriously no skippable tracks, right? maybe uh, let's say after one year, there's still no skippable tracks. That's one. Okay. And that's a huge one. Okay. It's probably the yeah. biggest one. Right. Second the consistency of the beats and third the consistency of the lyrics and how they speak to you right and whether they remain relevant and uh, insightful over a period of years okay right so in the same way large professor used to tell Q-Tip stop saying the year on <laughs> yo it's 1991 <laughs> don't say that shit yeah because that, cause that make, make your music timeless, timeless. Yeah, yeah. like every, because that's every other musical horrible. form yeah. every yeah. other musical form and I think Postanus said stop saying a fucking producer's name yeah, on the yeah. track do you know what I'm saying you never heard like mm. John Lennon giving it like do 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 need to have a word with Khaled bitch it's the Beatles Lennon do you know what I mean like make your music music yeah so that's another that's another big element and I think when you're as strict as that, it's quite easy to narrow it down. Because right. there's loads of classic albums. Loads. Yeah. You know, some of the greatest artists ever in hip-hop history. Biggie, Tupac, Nas, you know, Kane, Cool G Rap, you know, legends from the past, legends of the sort of mid-school, Eminem, the new school, Kendrick. You know, there's amazing albums by those guys. But they're skippable tracks. Yes. Yeah. So I'm sorry, but like, you know, they just don't make it in. So one that does make it in, I was listening to Outcast first album, not not a skippable track. I fucking that album's amazing. And I just the reason I was listening to it is because I was watching the Organized Noise documentary, which I highly recommend to all right. your listeners. It's on Netflix. And what it really reminded me of was how mature these kids were, and they were children. You listen to the Crumbling Herb, track 14. Andre's talking about how brief our, our time is here in respect of humanity yeah. right <laughs> and how you use that time not it's not a preachy song it's just saying you know like you you can waste time on the surface but be thinking deep beneath that or you can do nothing overtly special with your life but always be cool to everyone you meet and have empathy for people 
and still have lived a legendary life. It's just no one's going to write on your epitaph, this guy is a fucking legend. But you know deep down that yeah. you never hurt another human being. You're always good. And uh, in the chorus, he says, you know, there's only so much time left in this crazy world. I'm just crumbling up, you know? I'm just, I'm just binding a zoo, just thinking yeah. about this shit. The clock is ticking, niggas from my block is missing. I'm putting it down like it be hot before we argue shot. Got only so much time in this bastard. Better be claiming pro, but I be saying they procrastinating. Settling for less, better be ready when they roll up in your nest and sink one in your chest and you gone. I'm out of here for good. Y'all be bobbing back and forth to let me know you understood. Yeah, what's up? So profound, that song. And there's so many philosophies that I'm only really starting to think about now as a 40 year old man and this motherfucker was like 17 yeah. and I can't get my head around yeah. it on a similar vein although it's just so overblown now and it seems like something you have to say Illmatic did the same thing no skippable yeah. tracks incredible depth in terms of what this teenager was saying and I think Nas was even maybe a little younger um, that is genuinely terrifying that album in terms of how mature he sounds frightening I'll tell you something fascinating about Illmatic I was I remember I was in my first relationship with a girl and I think she might have been the one that played me a couple of songs off Illmatic but you know it was 1994 so I was like 15 and I loved it but there's songs on there where I only really clocked what he was talking about three or four years ago. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. after a while, the words stop. It's like when you say the same joke a million times on yeah. stage. You for sometimes forget why people are laughing. Yeah, and then you're almost angry about it. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, I don't even know what this means anymore. I just say it. It's like my go-to thing in this moment. So, like, I'd been rapping along to Nas, the Illmatic, for 20 years, and I realised, fuck, actually, shit, I'll, I'll see, okay. Yeah. All right. And that is incredible writing in any form of music or in a movie, anything that has that repeat kind of thing where you want to return to it and you're still delving and, and investigating. So Illmatic is on there. Yeah. Blueprint by Jay-Z 2001 is on there because I, I, I can't find a skippable track on there. I, I still love it to this day. Um, and also... Uh, Good kid, Matt City. Right. Damn, I feel amazing. Damn, I'm in the matrix. My mind is living on cloud nine, and this nine is never on vacation. Start up that Maserati and vroom, vroom, I'm racing. Popping pills in the lobby, and I pray they don't find her naked. And I pray you niggas is hating. Shooters go after Judas. Jesus Christ, if I live life on my knees, ain't no need to do this. Park it Kendrick, I think since To Pimp a Butterfly, I feel like he's got so sort of art nouveau that is is like he's maybe even confusing himself a little bit well, like it's, I thought, it's almost too convoluted now yeah but I but, still um, I didn't even think that with To Pimp a Butterfly to be honest yeah like, To Pimp a Butterfly starting to go that yeah, way that's why I, I said I remember, that's why I said Good Kid before yeah, that yeah because when I um, when I when her Good Kid like Good Kid decided I was like fuck this I is can't, such a great album I can't think of anything and then I got really excited when To Pimp a Butterfly came out and I remember listening and do you remember that felt like when he tipped over like because yeah. Good Kid came out and like people were like Hip-hop fans on you yeah. were going, this album, like, Kendrick's great. When To Pimp a Butterfly came out, everyone... And then I remember listening to it going, fuck, like, I'm not... This is not hitting it yeah, quite the, the same way Yeah, because the moment, I think, was, like, you know, white people going, like, Good Kid Massey, like, it's, it's cool, but, like, what's he talking about? And black yeah. people going, hey, you motherfuckers never going to get this shit. <laughs> and To Pimp a Butterfly came out, and black people going, I know, I'm not sure what the fuck you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, try, trying to front it out like they know. Yeah, there's some black shit. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, man. Um, but yeah, so honourable mentions be like things like the Marshall Mavis LP. Yeah. You know, if it didn't have 
that uh, Remember Me tune on it. It's just, you know, there's loads of albums that are close, like Capital Punishment, Big yeah. Fun, Very Close. Um, lots of 90s shit because that's when I was young. Do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, and yeah. Like I said to you before, hip hop is a youth thing. So a lot of the stuff from like 93 to 2001 really hit me fucking hard. Yeah. yeah. You know, because it was everything. It was everything. And I, I lived rap in those days. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think it's very hard to... I challenge all the listeners to come up with, you know, a lot of al- hip hop albums where there's literally not one track yeah. they well, dislike. Like based on that, you, you, even like something like Straight Outta Compton, you could argue has got like it's, that's got skippable tracks. On Definitely, it. You know I mean? that's like, what I'm saying. Like you've got if you're talking about favorite ever, yeah, yeah. you've got to be really strict. So yeah. I'm not saying like people be mad. What about this? What about that? Yeah, yeah. What about Tupac? What about Biggie? Mate, I fucking love Tupac. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But album-wise, have yeah. they both? Have they either of them got a perfect oh, no. album? I don't think so. Yeah, they've got songs with. They've got albums with songs that are better than any other rappers ever put out. Would not even begin to deny that. But albums with no skippable tracks. Yeah, yeah. I no. challenge me, man. Like it's a good analysis. Me, well, tweet us, man. That's, that's my. That's my deal. Are you listening to new stuff? Any new stuff? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I, I've i got friends, thankfully, I've got friends who never switch off when right. it comes to rap. So when I'm in a mood like that, I just go, bruv, just send me a playlist, set, like send me a name, send me something to Google or, you know, like whatever. So I got my brethren Reveal from Poisonous Poets. He, he keeps me, he really keeps me up to speed with all the new shit. He, he's the one that put me on to um, your man with the, who got shot in the face. What's this? Conway. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I like some of his stuff. My brother is another one like that who'll put me on to all sorts of stuff. Luke's always showing me stuff. He, he showed me about Mick Jenkins. Yes. I've never heard a rapper with a name that's that much what I, like a Janet. I know. Who's it, actually good. I just couldn't get my head around it. Brilliant. Like, Mick Jenkins. Something going, you got to check out Mick Jenkins. Yeah, his Fucking album, what? The, the Waters, is great. Yeah. Yeah. Not shit else, not even my dick. Man, I got way too much on my mind. Got a little light, but as bright as my big. Man, y'all got way too much on the shine. Y'all niggas don't tell enough for the truth and the proof and it's proof you ain't fucking with mine. I really like Chance when he first came out. I really yeah. liked Acid Rap. Um, acid Rap is better than Coloring Book, isn't it? Acid Rap, I, I haven't heard him do anything better than Acid Rap, in my opinion. Right. I know everyone's going to be screaming at their device right now, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I still, I still rate him. I still think he's great. Um... Who else? Uh, I've been trying to listen to Run the Jewels. Right. Um, this, it's I'm fu- fascinated by them. Yeah. But I don't know how much of a listening pleasure it is mm. for me. It feels like it's for angry skate kids to jump up and down. Yeah. To. Hear what I say. We are the business today. Fuck shit is finished today. RT and J. Need a new PB and J. We dropped the classic today. We did a tablet of asses today. The joints with the matches and ashes away. We dash away. Donna and Dixon, the pistol is blasting away. Which is ironic because, again, people from our generation will remember both those guys. Yes, right? of Killer Mike was like Dungeon yeah. Family back in yeah. the day. LP. Uh, was uh, you know this cool, like uh, like real kooky kind of I never liked Company Flow yeah but actually quite I really like both of them as characters and as as men I think they're fascinating guys and really funny and energetic and I, I think the thing that I love about them is that they're two guys with a combined age of a hundred yes <laughs> who are making music that 
15 year old I know. People. It's mm. fucking I was listening insane. to an interview with Killer Mike saying like he went to pick up his daughter who's 17 from college and motherfuckers were losing their minds <laughs> you know and what a funny time I to know. find stardom I know deep it's into incredible. your 40s it's incredible and the, and in the, rap yeah. like of all places I know it's that's mad. like that's like Turn into the premiership, yeah, of Premier League in football, yeah, at our age and going, I'm a prospect, yeah, 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 I'm a prospect. Yeah. Hear me out. By the way, I still hold out hope that Arsene Wenger will like drive past the park and see me. Wasn't it a sad day when people like like Ryan Giggs oh. and Michael Owen like retired? I just because I always thought if I put my mind to it, I could have, <laughs> I could have done something in the game, maybe championship. I yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then when the last few guys that were like your sort of age go and you're like oh my god there's nobody my age it's basically me and Buffon now when Buffon retires how old is he? I'm fucked he's 40 as well wasn't Sheringham into like his early 40s yeah but then I was whenever he was in his early 40s I was like 32 or something so I didn't even think about it but um, now it's like damn it's interesting it's about running the jewels because a couple of mate I I think they are like that because I love them but like I had a mate of mine that said, I'm trying to get into him, but I just can't get yeah, into I'm, him. I'm, tr- I'm genuinely trying. Like, not for one thing. They feel like under pressure to well, because because they're because, so massive, because people well, no not because well, yeah. they're massive, but because people are saying first of all you want those guys to succeed. Yeah. Because oh, yeah, do you know what I mean? You want it to be. And there's something beautiful. Come on about yes. having a white guy, yes. and a black guy. Yeah, yeah. In America, yeah, doing yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. And, and they're a marketing great. dream because like all of their merch is like the symbol is all of that shit is like nailed on. And also, people are saying that people that are into them fucking think they're amazing. So when you hear that, you go, you think there's something wrong with you if you don't. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. have that, don't you? We go, why can't I? But yeah, that, that I, I think it's LP's production. Is it's like it's a bit too crunchy, a bit yeah. too maybe a bit too messy. And I think that's cool if you're like a head nodding yeah. eighteen year old, you just want to get in the mosh pit. But for me, I, I think there's two things that I would like. I would like the introspection of two men who are middle-aged. Yeah. I'd like to hear a bit about that. Yeah. And I'd like maybe slightly cleaner beats every now and yeah, again. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. But I really, yeah, there's there's plenty of songs that they've made that yeah. I like. I, I struggle with a whole album. Right, right, right. It's, it's the action Bronson situation, you know. Yes. Um, I've been, I like the idea of them. Yes. Yeah. 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 I've been listening to Dave East. Are you into Dave East at all? You know, I've not checked him out. People keep telling me I've got to do it, and I, maybe, I guess I should do it. I got niggas that's never coming never. home. Bitches say they love my music, don't know none of my songs. None. I guess poverty changed me. I was a decent kid. I was cool. My most recent bed. I had a dream I could speak the big. big. Harlem ain't nowhere like it. Nowhere. I fell in love with new weapons because all my homies liked it. Chick from Parole was light scared. She got my bro indicted. My now he up north, I write him. Right. Trust me, I know the prices. Look at my homie lifeless. Well, it's, it's well worth checking out his son, but two things off this conversation. Well, first thing, in terms of hip-hop and comedy, there is a track on that album with Tory Lanez on it, right? And he says at the beginning of this track, the track's... He says, um, I had a, I took myself for a CAT scan and the doctor said I've got money on my mind, right? And it's such a terrible thing to say that I nearly stopped listening to the album off the back of the quality. It's the fucking wrong one. I'm 40 years old. I've been listening to hip hop since 1989. <laughs> if I heard that lyric, I wouldn't just stop listening to the rest of whatever that project was. Just stop listening to music. I, I, would, I would take a sabbatical from listening to any form of urban music for at least a fortnight whilst my anger just receded you know 
Um, yeah, so that oh, was good. That, that makes me angry. But I don't want to misrepresent the album because everything else about it is great, right? But yeah. it's just this one thing that's been allowed. It's stuck in my mind. You know, they call it like the little the hill the little hills that you die on. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I just there's certain things that are just like I'm just like nah nah I'm gone <laughs> I'm gone I'm too long in the tooth. Yeah. Man. All right, listen, we're out. We're sort of out of time oh, here. Oh shit! But um, you have been yeah, amazing, amazing, yeah, so good, man. Thank you so Pleasure, much, Thank man. You. Yeah. What better guest to have for the Black Panther sponsored episode there you of go. this podcast? The last I, ever. I think maybe episode. I'm going to have to come back and we'll do something more specific within hip hop. Okay, there's so, so much to yeah. talk about. But I think okay, but we've had this people occasionally. We've said this before. Mm. But I want to get you back very soon if you'd yeah, be up yeah, for Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm about, bro. All right, I'm cool. About. Well, let's do... I've got, got no gigs to do. Yeah. <laughs> let's, do a part two, let's do a part two to this in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah good man. shot. Yeah, yeah. all right, wicked. Plug one, plug two. Guest plugs for you. Is there anything you want to plug or big up or anything? Uh, I guess, you know, we already talked about my album. That's that's out. I just, I'm not really... I'm not Can I just say, I is it I Got This with Michael Payne? Yes, one of my favourite songs. That track is fucking killer man take a look over your shoulder bro I'm overtaking I know I'm breaking all your hopes and know it's so frustrating flow creating though I'm making yo I'm close to caking I know it's hard to be happy for me but on this racetrack face facts got the kind of pace that's slicker than a pair of Ray-Bans in a Maybach I don't just create raps I live a life size stepping fake crap no you hate that take that no, he ain't I gotta come up with a video for it something funny yeah you just need some ideas actually I spoke with Team GB about um, getting some of them involved and shooting something at Lee Valley oh, Stadium. Good. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking like just Team GB doing amazing shit and me and Michael Payne just walk around like eating or <laughs> something like that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Around the track. Um, but yeah, if anyone's got any other ideas for that track, have a listen and let me know because I'd love to do a video for the summer for that. Um, so yeah, that, that album's out in all the sort of usual places. Other than that, I guess, you know, I see you when I see you because uh, you can't reach me. You can't tell me you hate me. You can't tell me about this podcast on Twitter or Instagram or anywhere else. So, you know, if you don't like me, you're not going to be able to tell me it's going to hurt you. But and if you, you love me, we'll just send me vibes. We'll, yeah. we'll forward on it. You know, yeah, yeah thanks. If please, you, if you can tweet me, I'll pass it straight on to Ben. Please, please make a list. I, rem- I remember one time doing a corporate, <laughs> right, a corporate stand-up gig. Yeah. And uh, I got an email saying, uh, we're really looking forward to having you um, here are some things to avoid on the night yeah. and, it, and it just had stories about all these other comics it was like when Josh Widdicombe was here <laughs> he uh, said some things were a bit uh, you know and it just had it was hilarious I had like wow. five six of my my friends peers in this email like how they died where it went wrong <laughs> like what time was I, 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 had, I actually had the opposite of that where I was doing like an awards thing or something like some corporate thing and they kept going on to me about how nice Miles Jupp was the previous year <laughs> and like like how, and how he hadn't taken the piss out of anybody and how he'd been quite nice about the whole thing. And I almost said to him, I think you should have got him back. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know what the fuck yeah, you're telling bully me. Bully for job. Couldn't, couldn't get him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's a, that's a fact of it. The budget had come down. Um, but listen, uh, Ben, thank you so much for coming on, man. Yeah, you've genuinely been an amazing man. guest. Yeah. I appreciate it. I look come forward back. to part two. Uh, Rupert, you got anything to plug? No. All right. Baby, coming soon. Yeah, oh, yeah. When then? <laughs> July 28. Um, so 28, Jill. <laughs> have you sent out the save the date email? No, not yet. You're so full of shit, I'm man. Full of shit. Am I invited to the wedding? Yeah, man. You're fucking. You're a prick, mate. <laughs> oh, all right. Thank you very much. See you later, guys. Bye. That's the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully, we we'll get Doc Brown back on soon. 
Uh, our next uh, job for me and Rumaj is Hip Hop Save My Live, uh, which we haven't announced yet, but will be announced by the time you hear this, I imagine, is that our special guest on that podcast is Ty, UK hip hop legend. So uh, looking forward to that. Okay, so that's it. That's the end of our Black Panther sponsored episode. I thought to close out, because I got excited about the fun facts I did earlier, I thought I'd actually look up some proper fun facts and give them to you now. Uh, so, one, Marvel's Black Panther character made his debut in the comic book world in Fantastic Four Volume 1, Issue 52, published in 1966. The reason I mention that is because it's earlier than I thought. Next fact. Actor Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out learned how to ride a horse as practice to simulate riding Wakabi's armoured rhino in the film. Basically, in the Black Panther movie, it's a shit ton of massive armed rhinos. It's cool. Next uh, fun fact. Michael B. Jordan, who plays Eric Killmonger, the villain in this film, and a sick villain of that, spent about two and a half hours in a special effects makeup chair every day while makeup designer Joel Harlow and three other makeup artists applied close to 90 individually sculpted silicone moulds to his upper body. Final fact, uh, young Zuri. So Zuri is a character in this film, played by Forrest Whitaker, but there's a young version of him, played by Denzel Whitaker. And you think, okay, what's the relation? There is no relation. But they did play father and son in Denzel Washington's The Great Debaters. Oh my God, he just smashed the facts. Okay, that's it. Uh, go and watch Black Panther it's wicked um, out on the 13th of February uh, I'll speak to you soon bye here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. <laughs>